0: Before we get started, would you bow with me in prayer? It's just good to be a part of family today, God. Um, We have come to think about your love, but not to stop there. Because that love has has such incredible benefit to us. It draws us into a relationship with you. It, It takes away all the sins that we've committed against you and others in our lives. It empowers us with your spirit. Father, whether we ever acknowledge you or not, uh, you continually bless our lives. But we want to be a group of people who say thank you, who recognize those blessings from the source that we believe they come from. Uh, And this morning, that's what we've come to do, say thank you for that love, but not to stop there. We're asking you, God, to allow that love to have its full effect in us, to change us and, and motivate us and move us into being the loving disciple that you have called us to be. We want to be imitators of your son who who showed us the greatest love by giving his life for us. You told us greater love hath no man that he laid down his life for his brothers and we thank you for Jesus who did that for us. We're not the only ones faith Christian this morning is gathering together um, as believers in Christ breaking bread, hearing the word proclaimed, singing songs to you. We pray you bless their services with the presence of your spirit as we hope you bless us with yours. Please be a part of this time in our our service. And God, please come and do what only you can do, and that's speak into our hearts and change them to look a little bit more like Jesus when we leave than we did when we came in. In his name we pray and everyone said. How many here have ever heard of the principle of sowing and reaping? Just heard of the principle, okay. Uh, How many of you here have actually witnessed it because you've planted something and you saw something that you placed in the ground or even in some funky environment and it grew? How many of you witnessed the principle of sowing and reaping? Okay. And even regardless of plants that have grown, uh, you've probably witnessed it in your life in regards to this single principle. If you'd never read the Bible... Most likely you may have even heard the principle, what you get out of life is often what you put in, right? And and, and if people aren't gathering in places like this and aren't hearing the word preached this morning and aren't breaking the bread, there's a good chance they've experienced that. Some call it karma. We call it sowing and reaping because that's one of the things that scripture taught us um, is a principle that the greatest farmer in the world happened to lace into our lives. What you put in often determines what you get out. And so I guess, in a sense, we could all say, we are farmers. bum ba bum 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 Right? Now, that's not the logo for the company because I didn't want to do false advertising. One of my best friends sold insurance for a company that, um, well, I can't mention that either because then I'd have to go mention all the other companies. But anyways, uh, you know this song, so let's sing it all together. Here we go. Ready? We are farmers bum 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 you are awesome and i hope that whenever you hear that song from now on you don't think insurance you think wow that's a principle of life god invites me to be a part of every single day because he does in galatians chapter 6 and verse 9 here's what the scripture says don't be deceived God is not going to be mocked. Whatever a man sows, that will he also reap. For he who sows to his flesh will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. Life that doesn't stop. It just goes on and on and on. So, let us not grow weary while doing good. Because in due season we will reap if we do not lose heart. We don't have to make this stuff up. Here is a principle of life from the one who invented life in the first place and got all of this started. And it's one that I'd like to remind you of this in simply telling a couple of stories that are deep on my heart because of of a funeral that I did yesterday. For those of you who are not here, there is a lady that I wished I could have introduced you to, and I would, if I'd have done so, I'd call you. This is my faith mom. Her name is Carlene. And probably right off the bat, you'd think, well, what in the world's a faith mom? Let me see if I can explain. A faith mom is someone in Christianity who becomes your mom. When your mom's not present. That's a faith mom. Or becomes your mom when you've never really had a mom present. Which is way cool. And I I think you can have a faith dad. You can have a faith uncle. You can have a faith aunt. You can have a faith grandchild. You can have a faith any member of your family. Because of the body of Christ. Because of your association. Because of, of what Jesus does when you say, I want to be a follower of Christ. He not only takes away your sin as we prayed about a while ago, infuses you with this Holy Spirit, but immediately, whether you like it or not, you're added to a family. My kids are here this morning because of that funeral that was yesterday for my faith mom, their faith grandmother. Lauren didn't have a choice. When she came into the world, she didn't get to be a Penland. She was stuck with being a sportsman. She get to be a Schultz. Would have been a much better singer, you know what I mean? She got to be a sportsman. Same thing with Tabitha. When she came into the world, she didn't get to be a Roberts. She got to be a sportsman. Didn't have a choice. You don't have a choice either. Now, whether you like it or not, that's who's your family. You're, this family around you here, if you're a Christian, is part of your family. I believe, and what I've lived so far, is it, it really is a benefit to you to be a part of a family and that's your choice you can sow that choice into your life and reap the consequences of it sometimes are tough but most of the time are wonderful or you cannot I want to encourage you be a part of the KCC family amen those of you who are satisfied customers say amen. amen that's all we have huh we're family And and if we're doing this well, like Jesus I think intended us to do it, everyone would want to be a part of this. But some of us aren't very good at being family in family. We're just not. I had a birth mother. Drugs meant more to her than her kids. And so my parents got a divorce, and my dad got all three of us kids. A four-year-old, a three-year-old, and an 18-month-old. Tough start. Didn't get to know her very well at all in my life. Then I had a stepmom. Didn't get along well. We'll just leave it at that. And then God gave me a faith mom. He makes us an incredible promise that I think most of us don't pay much attention to because we don't think of ourselves much as missionaries. We're hoping in this series called Search and Rescue that we're changing that for you. But this is a scripture for all missionaries, for all of those who who sense the call to go search and rescue people on behalf of Jesus Christ. It's found in Mark chapter 10 and verse 29 and 30. Truly, I tell you, Jesus replied, nobody. Does that leave out anybody here? No. No one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or fathers or children or fields from me and the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age. Homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, fields. Now, along with persecutions, okay? But not just those other good things listed there, but also in the age to come, life that doesn't stop. Aren't you glad we don't have to make this up? But that's a promise that God makes to every single one of you missionaries that are sitting here in this room today. Or listening to me via podcast or whatever. God makes that promise to every single one of us. If you have to give up things for him and for the gospel, not just in the old by and by when you get to heaven will you receive it, but also in this life. And one of the things he mentions there is relationships that maybe you've never had before or if you've had them and you had to leave them or give them up or set them aside because of of following Christ and where he sent you, you're not going to get less life. God says I'll make sure that in this world and in the next and I remember I, I never really paid much attention to that passage and that promise to getting ready for this funeral. Because God helped me to see this is what God did for my family. When we left to go from Catula, Texas to Ruidos in New Mexico, we were changing some pretty ugly scenery, all right? If you've not been in Catula, you haven't missed much as far as what you see, okay? Good folks there, but my. Then we moved to Ruidoso. Well, we weren't leaving much as far as looks and the scenery and things like that, but we were leaving a great church. My um, oldest was just six months old. So we were leaving our, our, our parents' first grandchildren, and we were leaving grandparents, who lived just an hour away, to move 11 hours away Without them, we became, not Texans, New Mexicans. That was not easy either. Because we'd, we'd only lived in Texas. We were Texans. We were proud, sometimes arrogant Texans. And we were becoming New Mexicans? Really? That wasn't going to work, but it did. But we left a lot when we left. But my, oh, my, did we gain a lot once we got there. And one of the biggest gains was a couple by the name of George and Carlene Reed who moved in about a year after we did. But once I went and knocked on their door and met then what I thought was the ugliest dog I'd ever seen in my life, Bruiser. We began a relationship that they didn't see coming and we didn't see coming. And I'm not going to go into all of that relationship, but all I can say is They saw our second child born there. Um, They were the only ones we trusted to babysit our children when they were small. After they got to be about 10, we didn't care who took care of them. (laughs) But they babysit our children. Birthdays, school plays, track meets, soccer, a divorce. They saw us through everything. And then when we were remarried, oh my, rejoice with us like there was nothing better in the world. When we moved from Fr- uh, Ruidosa to Fredericksburg, you know the story. We went home to tell Carlene. George had passed by then. He'd been gone about a year and a half. And when we said that we were accepting the position at Oak Hills in Fredericksburg, Carlene said, when do we leave? And she moved with us. Now, when I, I introduce you to Carlene Reed, those of you who are a visitor, and I tell you, she's my faith mom. And you say, well, she moved, when we moved from Rudosa to, to Fredericksburg, she moved with us. You're thinking, he has groupies. Well, all preachers have groupies. David Koresh had groupies. Jim Jones had groupies. Jimmy Sportsman, he has groupies, okay? Doesn't mean that they're intelligent people, but they're connected somehow. So she was connected to us because we were family. And you know what? Her family, the Reeds, did know where to put the sportsman's. They didn't have a file for that in their hearts or in their minds. And even here for the funeral, it was awkward yesterday. Still, they they do not know where to put someone who had 27 straight Christmas dinners on Christmas Day with their grandmother and their aunt and not them. But the Reeds did with us and us with the Reeds. My family didn't know where to put them. Who are these people that that you're having Christmas dinner with 27 years in a row. I don't know how to explain it except the promise of what Jesus made and the reality of it being true in our lives. What you sow, you reap. You can't escape it. Most of the time, I if you're like me, I, I hear that and I think bad things. Well, if you, if you keep making that face, it's going to stick. We start hearing that when we're just young, right? And, and the rest of it, if you keep saying that, doing that, it's, it's going to get you. But God wants us to know the opposite, listen to me, is equally true. And maybe even more so. God says, I will limit the effects and the consequences of your stupid decisions to the fourth generation, but I will will allow your great decisions and your great choices to be visited to the thousandth generation. So he's behind and helping all of those great decisions you make, even though it doesn't feel that way at the time. And I hope that encourages you to just... Regardless of how it feels in the moment or what the reaction is instantaneously, you keep doing the right thing, the good thing, the godly thing. Because the creator of life says, you keep sowing, I'm going to make sure you reap. Because we are farmers. Finish it. There you go. When I say that, you just join in. We are farmers. Bum, ba-dum, bum, bum, bum. bum. We are. You can't escape it. Carlene didn't. Hebrews chapter 6 and verse 10 says, God is not unjust. He will not forget your work and the love that you have shown him as you have helped his people and continue to help them. He kept that promise to Carlene. Her marriage to George Reed was her second marriage. Her first husband was her high school sweetheart. His name was Dwight McCoslin. It's a World War II pilot. But once he came back to the States and began a successful real estate company, actually a home building company, they became very successful and Carlene said that once she gave him his first set of golf clubs, the divorce began. He fell in love with the clubs and fell in love with people who were at the club and after 14 years of marriage, that marriage ended. But she will tell you that and she asked me to include all of that even in her service yesterday because two beautiful gifts came out of that by the name of Lee and Susan McCoslin, who helped her in that marriage learn how much she didn't know about love. And she also learned, even though of a stinker of a husband, how much she didn't know about being a wife. And she tried to take all of those lessons into her marriage with George Reed That was a marriage of 49 years. And they were a pair. But she had no idea what was coming in the second year of their marriage. When she married George, she had two kids of her own, Lee and Susan McCausland, but he had three of his. Glenda and George. George Jr., by the way. And the other one just went out the window don't have it in my notes. But they had three kids. And one of them went swimming one day in Houston at Spring Creek. There had been a, a flash flood a couple of weeks before, and so it had kind of changed the bottom of a area that he was used to swimming in, it had filled it in. Little did he know when he dove in head first, it wasn't eight feet deep, it was two. and he immediately became a paraplegic. And Carlene became his caregiver for two years. He was 19 years old and she took care of him in every way that a mother would take care of a baby. And it was very, very, very difficult to the point that it drove her into a depression that nearly took her life. Now, you don't know any of that about Carlene because you saw her as this vivacious, full of life, witty person. But that's a part of her story. And I hate it on some level, but I love it on another. Because she gave a level of care to someone that she didn't know that well that some of us would have trouble doing for someone that was my blood kin and I did know well. And God made her a promise before she maybe even knew it was a promise that Carlene, what you sow, you will reap. And I believe with all of my heart having looked back at this and we talked about this with their family the other day that, that part of this incredible life that this woman lived materially, relationally, physically. She put things in her body that should have killed her by the time she was 40. But she lived to be 91. 91. And I mean lived in those 91 years up to the last moment. And I believe with all of my heart, part of it was because of what she gave To George Reed Jr. That's just me. Didn't get a voice from God about that. But even if I'm off on that, I know I'm on on this. She gave incredible care to someone in her family. And four months ago, I made a phone call to her grandson. Now, when I say that, that she was part of my family and we were part of her family, I mean we were family. We helped take care of her properties. We helped take care of her. We, we were family. We, we carried the lion's share of the responsibilities of caring for her as a mom. The family didn't. I'm not saying, I'm just giving you an idea. They didn't. But we got to a place where Gail's mom was living with us. And she was not doing very well at the moment. And all of a sudden, Carlene was going to demand 24-hour care. I had to make a phone call to at least one member of that family that I knew would care and care deeply. And that was their grandson, Daryl. And I said, Daryl, I need some help. And a day later, the man who is oversees all of the rebuilds of the HEBs in the Houston area, which is over, I think, 20 stores, came to live in her house. Until the day she died. He brought his laptop. And from that vantage point. Conducted the, the eight remodels that were going on. The time when he stepped into her life. To do that. And I mean was with her 24 hours a day. Taking care of her. Like she took care of George Jr. And when when that He had to make a a move and go someplace to Houston or San Antonio for just for a couple of hours. His mother, Glenda Sue, would step in and she'd try to be there from Houston. And together they helped take care of her the last four months of her life in a way that there's no way that we could have. Because you reap what you sow. You just do. You reap what you sow. Because we are farmers. bum 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 We are. We're farmers. And so if you don't like the harvest of your life right now, here's the good news. Don't whine about it. Don't complain about it. Don't look to your left. Don't look to your right. Look at what you're planting in your life. Start planting some things different. You've got the creator of the universe who wants to help you Reap a harvest of joy and peace and patience and kindness and gentleness and thankfulness and self-control just to get started. Quit blaming everybody else. Stop for a moment and look at you and start planting something different by asking maybe for the great inventor of life to help you. That's where start. But look around, and, and if it's not what you want it to be, know today you can change. It can be better if you want it to be. Second Corinthians 9 and verse 6 says this, The farmer who plants only a few seeds will get a small crop. The farmer who plants generously will reap generously. That's for all you farmers out there. So when I'm talking about making some changes in what you plant, don't just plant a few days or, or a few things. You plant as much as you can. Because I want to warn you before you start planting, if you just plant a few things at a few a few, a few at a time, it's just not going to get much return. Now, we usually tie that to money, we preachers, because it comes in a text of money, all right? It's not taken out of context, but it's saying if you're generous in what you give, you'll receive generously. That applies to everything, amen? It just does. To reap a harvest of joy, there are certain seeds that have to be planted. To reap a harvest of financial peace, there are certain seeds that need to be planted. To be able to have conversations that that are beneficial and go places, certain seeds in those conversations need to be planted come to crucial conversations. You'll see why. To harvest marital bliss in your life, certain seeds need to be planted. To be a part of a church that witnesses the lost being found, listen to me, certain seeds need to be planted. You don't plant those seeds, you're not a church that experiences the lost being found. may have a lot of meetings, may kind of enjoy those meetings, but the lost aren't found. That's why we're taking some time to spend a look back at the Word of how we reap a better harvest than we have. But if you want a better harvest of anything in your life, there are certain seeds that have to be planted. And we can do that because We are farmers. bum 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 Father in heaven, we love you. And we ask you to please, please help us be better planters. You're the one that has ensured the harvest, and so we trust you with it. But we, we just come confessing today. We've planted some stuff this week. We're reaping already. And we need help with that. Words that we've spoken, actions that we've taken that just have brought a mess into our lives of anger and bitterness and resentment and shame and fear. So I'm asking this morning, please, would you come? Would you come and bless us as a church to be better farmers? Thank you for the hope that you've given us that the harvest could be better. Thank you for not letting us squirm out of our responsibility for the harvest we now are experiencing. But we want to leave here today better at life and hopefully experiencing a better life. And so, Father, I just pray right now, if you brought someone here today who is not a Jesus follower, and they have been planting decisions all on their own their entire life, would you help them to take the risk and the chance today to plant you, to ask for your help, to confess their stubbornness, their selfishness, their rebellion, from what they know to be your laws, your ways. And they've gotten it on them. They've gotten it on others, but they want to start over. They want to plant something different by planting their life in the waters of baptism and having their sins washed away in faith, having you fill them with your spirit and start enabling them to be better farmers. Father, if you brought some farmers here today that uh, have not worn... The company label, well, if not, and they need your forgiveness and a new start. They're struggling right now with some things they're trying to plant in their lives. They just need someone to put their hands around them and pray over them and with them. We want to do that as family because you've made us a family of farmers. We're thankful for that. We want to praise you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen.